G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. G'day, hope you're well. We are kicking off today's episode at the start of a financial year, S-O-F-Y, and we've themed the next four weeks all around the start of the financial year. I often think at the end of the financial year, we hear the acronym E-O-F-Y, and quite often we're getting quite technical knowledge thrown at us about how to save for tax, what you should be doing with your super and so on and so on. And it all comes really late in the piece, trying to understand it. And I often think, I wonder if a lot of people just think, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing there. So I'm just going to avoid it. And lo and behold, we wait another year and the same thing happens. So we're now at the start of a financial year. We've got a full 12 months to think about this and make a plan. And so Today, uh, we are talking all about super contributions at the start of a financial year. And we have a great guest by the name of Natalia Smith. And Natalia is a financial advisor and she runs a business called True Wealth Advice. She has a really strong focus on empowering women, particularly single women, to navigate their financial lives and take control. We had a great chat all about the various types of super contributions. And we didn't just want to talk about it in a technical way. We also wanted to hone in on which contributions work best, for example, with employ- with employees, which work best for the self-employed, what super contributions are in place for pre-retirees and which work best for retired people who may have downsized and that sort of things, and also mid to lower income earners. So We described how each type works, how it benefits you, and we really spent a bit of time towards the end as well talking through how you could approach this as a 12-month plan and lessen the pain, if you like, about some contributions going into super rather than that last-minute plan in June each year. I know you'll get a lot of value out of this chat, and I'll see you on the other side where we've got some links for some more technical knowledge on the contributions themselves. So enjoy the chat with Natalia Smith. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Today, I am chatting to Natalia Smith from True Wealth. Natalia is a financial advisor and we are going to be chatting all about all the different types of super contributions that we can plan for at the start of the financial year. How are you, Natalia? I'm good, Tim. Very excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we're both excited, aren't we? We, we can admit it that um, we've, we've actually already recorded this episode once before, but it didn't record. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. We're well practiced. Natalia, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your business. Um, I love your your approach and, and your focus on women. 
Absolutely. Yes, yeah, so I'm very passionate about working with single women that need that extra help, whether that's just organizing their finances or giving them the extra confidence that they can actually do it. They can actually yep. manage their financial affairs and achieve that financial freedom that we are all after. So really very passionate and Coming to, to Australia myself at a very young age, I kind of really didn't have much support. So, you know, that's how I got into the profession and really um, just, you know, sharing now, sharing my expertise with everyone else. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I particularly follow your content that you, you're sharing. And I, I think that alone is really educational and just such a great help for people. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So you've been given this topic. I reckon there'd be a few financial advisors that might run a million miles an hour with this topic, but you you love it. Talking about all the different contributions that are available to people. And we want to try and do that in a an easy to understand format. But I think we we discussed doing it as a start of the financial year discussion where we've got a a nice calm environment we've got 12 months to plan it as opposed to the old end of financial year let's let's do it in the last five minutes so I just wanted to sort of start with you know why do you think people should care about super it's a great question and you're right sometimes particularly depends on our age at what age we start realizing that you know it's not just today there is also tomorrow and our lifestyle tomorrow could be compromised if we're not careful uh, about our expenses or you know just thinking about money yeah so superannuation it's just a vehicle it's just a tool for us to actually accumulate wealth and then enjoy have that passive income you know everyone now talks about passive income yeah so having that passive income in retirement uh, it has a very good tax treatment um, we've spoken about it before. So after age 60, in the pension phase, people can start drawing pension out of their superannuation fund and pay no tax, yeah. which is really good compared to you know, your, mar your marginal tax rate. So a uh, great opportunity to actually top it up, build up your nest egg um, that you can enjoy later on in your life. Yeah, and I think, um, to be honest, let, let's just call it what it is. Super is just a is very friendly for tax, and during your accumulation years before you reach that age sixty, it's at a very friendly fifteen percent. And as Natalia says, um, after sixty, it becomes a tax free environment. So uh, it, can, it can be really beneficial, and th what that does for the growth factor all the way through is enormous. Absolutely, compared to somebody who's, for example, on a top marginal tax rate and pay half, yeah, almost <laughs> of their money going to tax. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. And so we've got opportunities to actually contribute, make, make contributions into your um, superannuation fund. And there are different types of contributions. And that's something that we're, I'm very keen to talk to you about. <laughs> cool. Well, let's start with uh far away let's go with the first type of contribution i think what you know what we want to try and do with each one and which we're going to uh, do with each one just through our discussion is also talk about how you can plan for that too so uh, let's far away with the with the one everyone should probably know and if they don't know they really should know um the employer or the super guarantee payment absolutely so that's the first yes well-known one and 
before the 1st of July, it used to be 9.5% that your employer used to put into your superannuation fund. And from the 1st of July, it has gone up to 10%. So if you're yeah. $10 a year as your salary, $10,000 will go into your super fund, which is great. So it's a passive saving, um, so to speak. And you don't really see that money because it goes directly into your super fund. And it's so the good news is that you can actually contribute more. You can actually make an additional contribution uh, to your superannuation fund as long as you don't breach the cap. And from yep. the 1st of July, it is $27,500 per person, per annum. Yep. So in that instance, the super guarantee payment is is paid before tax. So there's no tax payable, but there is tax of 15% payable uh, in the fund when it hits the fund. If I was wanting to add to that, as you said, Natalia, um, how does that work with my pay? One of the advantages of actually contributing, making that concessional contribution, we call it pre-tax contribution, that it is, it yeah. could help with your um, tax minimization strategy too. So money that goes in as whether that's salary sacrifice or personal concessional contribution, it actually attracts at 15% tax. So you, you actually don't pay your top marginal tax, sorry, your that's marginal right, tax yeah. rate. So the 15% is paid in the fund, but you're getting to whatever you're sacrificing off into super, that's coming off your gross tax. income, which the ATO or the, the tax office is using to work out your tax. So as Natalia says, lowers your taxable income, which is great. Absolutely. Um, obviously, if people can do without those funds, um, it's a great strategy if they're happy for it to end up in super. Obviously, if you're a long way from accessing that money, you mightn't be so keen to push heaps in um, unless you really don't need the money. Yes, and there are obviously um, um, considerations to take into account. And one of them is that you can't have access to your super fund until you're a certain age. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Um, now, you would mention, you mentioned also about the personal version of that. So the salary sacrifice version is probably the one we know through if you've got an employer and you just go to your employer and say, well, out of my pay, I want to sacrifice an additional whatever amount out of my pay each month or each fortnight. Um, and that will get taken out of your pre-tax income. What about for self-employed people? Uh, that, that one that you mentioned is probably better aligned to that, isn't it? Absolutely. So you can actually make contribution. It's called personal contribution into your super fund and you can claim a tax deduction um, at the end of the uh, year as well because obviously it, it will come from your taxable income and yep. it will only attract that 15% tax when it is in the superannuation environment. So it is really um, good for some people that might have a bit of a windfall at the end of the year or at any time during the year. Yeah. You can actually, you might have, um, as long as you're within the limit, you can add to your super fund and you can claim a tax deduction. Cool. And with the deduction, um, I think I, sometimes I think people sometimes get a bit confused about this, is let's just say I'm self-employed and I'm, okay, now, Natalie, you told me to put in a couple of thousand per month. 
I don't have to claim a tax deduction each month, do I? I'd make the contribution in each month. That's right. And then um, how do we make the tax deduction at the end of the year? Well, what we do, we complete a form from the superannuation point of view, we complete a form called Notice of Intent to Claim a Tax Deduction, something like that. And yeah. um, so it will be recorded in your superannuation fund as a concessional contribution. And obviously, when yeah. you do a tax return, you um, provide that information to your tax accountant and you let them know that you've made that contribution into your super fund and that will be deducted uh, from your taxable income, that amount that you've contributed. And the cool thing now, which uh, this is what an accountant told me recently, is what actually happens, believe it or not, is uh, when they go to lodge the tax return, that tax deduction is already sitting in the uh, port, tax Perfect. portal waiting. So That's the great. super funds now send that to the ATO portal through the tax uh, file number, I think. So that, that's yeah. awesome. Absolutely. Um, what's the next uh, contribution we want to chat about? Okay. Um, the next one is probably not as well known. It's called a post-tax contribution or non-concessional contribution. And again, if you've got, if you've reached your limit, for your concessional contribution and you've got some money left and you would like to put that into super as well, what you could do, you could actually make a transfer from your bank account, which is you've already paid tax on that money. You transfer yep. it into your superannuation fund and it comes in with no tax um, at the superannuation end. So it goes straight into your super. There is no tax payable and it's called a non-concessional contribution. And there yep. is a limit on how much you can contribute it is from the 1st of July, it's $110,000 per person per annum, or you can bring forward that annual amount to, for three years and you can make a $330,000 contribution in one go. And, in one go. Um, in one go, yes. But it will be counted towards three years of um, contributions for you. Cool, yeah. And I think, um, so for a lot of people out there, they're probably thinking, well, I haven't got 110 grand to put in, but at certain stages of of your life, you might, mightn't you? And as financial advisors, we do see that. Um, what are the, some of the things you sort of see with, that come up in people's lives why they why they might have that sort of money? Yes, absolutely. Um, inheritance is one yep. of the common ones. Sometimes people that are and might be the right strategy for them. They um, get some inheritance inheritance paid and they think, well, I don't really need to have this money um, for any other particular reason. Why not? Why wouldn't they put it in super where it is in a tax-free environment after a certain age? Yeah. So they can make that contribution. Particularly if they're later in life, isn't it? And they're not far off accessing it anyway. And, it, and it's, it grows pretty nicely in there. That's right. And then also, um, for example, one of my clients just recently sold her investment property and um, she was um, she turned 65 in December last year and she was able to actually contribute $440,000, sorry, $430,000 um, as a total amount. So she could make $100,000 before the 1st of July and $330,000. Um, on the 1st of July. So it's quite a, a nice amount that goes into super again. It just builds up. Um, again, obviously, there are a lot of rules around how much money you can yeah. have in your super fund and so forth. But uh, in her case, she was able to do it. And it was yeah, just a really good outcome. I sort of think um, <laughs> maybe it is just about the size. But 
with some of those smaller contributions, you know, probably uh, a lot of people could manage that part themselves. I think when you're starting to put those big lump sums in, uh, that's when we tend to see people say, look, I might get a bit of help with people that know the rules really well, i.e. a financial advisor just to make sure I do this correctly because it can it can go wrong if you do it incorrectly. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, there are a lot of moving parts and um, the best way, I suppose, to – to, to know if you are making the right decision is to certainly speak either to your superannuation fund or your accountant or yeah. your financial advisor. Um, there is a lot of information on the ATO's website too. So you can do a bit of research and find out. And um, yeah, um, there is a limit on, on age. Um, you, you know, you can't go over a certain age, but also there is a limit on how much money you can have in your super fund as well to make those um, contributions. One of the other big um, contributions that have come in the, in the last couple of years um, is that downsizer contribution. Can you tell us about that a bit? Absolutely. As we know, the property prices in Australia keep going up and up and um, it's quite common, um, particularly last year, but we've seen a lot of people moving. They, they were selling their houses and moving to different whether it's a tree change or sea change, buying downsizing, buying smaller places. And it's yep. a great opportunity. So if somebody had their place for longer than 10 years, they can actually make another contribution into super, which is called uh, it's called a downsizer contribution. And it's not counted towards the concessional or non-concessional contribution. So it's a um, kind of, you know. Bit of a one-off, isn't it? One-off, yeah. that's right. And it's $300,000 per person. So if you're a couple and you're selling your home, you can actually put $600,000 into super, which is a great outcome for, for a lot of retirees that are trying to build up that superannuation fund. Yeah, it really is because I think we, we would have definitely both uh, seen these cases in the past where what used to happen before this rule came in People would retire. They wouldn't have time to do up their house and work out what they wanted to do with their living arrangements. They'd retire and then they'd think, okay, yeah, I want to downsize. Um, I'm sick of mowing the lawns or cleaning the gutters. And they would do the downsize, but then they, because they weren't working, they wouldn't be able to contribute to super anymore. And so that all this money left over would just be hanging around in the bank. So the government changed that rule to allow this, which is, as Natalia said, 300000 per uh, per person and just means that they can do that in their time after they've finished working so long as they meet that criteria. Absolutely. And they need to be over age 60 as well. So that's yes. just another requirement. <laughs> and I think that owning the home for at least 10 years is a big one that's too, right. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You would if you sold it at nine months and uh, nine years and six months. I just mm. wouldn't qualify, would it? That's right. There are other couple other um, <laughs> again <laughs> pieces of the puzzle, but that's um, yeah, that's getting too complicated now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, the other great um, what you call non-concessional contribution or personal is one that people may have heard of before, the government co-contribution. Um, tell, talk us through that one. Absolutely. So it's just really good for those that are on um, low to um, middle tax bracket. And yep. um, so I think it's around 54700 um, and, and under. 
and under, yes. If you, you've got that taxable income, you're able to actually contribute and uh, the government will pay you up to $500 as a core contribution. So it's, it's literally free money that they're going to put into your superannuation account and um, it will go into the following financial year and provided that you've done your tax return as well. So it's just something, it's small. However, it, it can build up to a significant amount um, you need to be under age 71 as well and obviously have less than 1.6 million in um, your super fund. Yeah, yeah I think um, I'll just, while you're chatting there, Natalia, I just quickly got the, the rule up, but um, pretty much if it's under 39, th up to 39,837 in your income, you're going to get the full $500 contribution if you put a thousand in. That's right. And if it's um, between 39 and 54,000, then it's going to be slightly reduced. But um, it is really a great one because I think we, we would chat about this all the time, wouldn't we? That sometimes um, people might think, oh, look, that's not, that's not really a big deal. How's a thousand dollars or $500 going to help me? It's $500. That's right. Year after year, and it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Over the longer period of time, yes. And look, it's, again, you know, one of the wonders of the world, compound interest. It might seem as a small amount today, but in 20 years' time, it could actually grow to significant lump sum because, obviously, of the, because of the compound yeah. interest. You know, you, money makes money, and it's, um, yeah, it's something um, that insignificant today could be quite a substantial amount, could be, you know, a holiday to Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the funny thing is I really feel this way sometimes about talking to people about super. I've had comments like, oh, yeah, well, I've got another fund, but do you want to know about that? There's only a few thousand in that mm. or, or whatever. And um, it, with the $500, like if someone was standing out on the corner and, and handed you $500 today, you'd tell people for days about it. Absolutely. You'd be so excited. So that uh, for some reason, when it's in super, it doesn't feel like we're really getting the money, but we really do get that money and we really do use it later in life. So it's a great thing. That's right. Yeah. Particularly for younger generations, they don't feel like it's something they can actually touch because it just feels so far away. Um, yeah. It is still your money. Yeah. And I think anytime the government's handing out money, it, um, it's something that you you want to try and achieve. Um any other contributions we were going to cover off there? So we've talked about the employer contribution, how you could add to that with either salary sacrifice and personal deductible contributions. Uh, we talked about the non-concessional contributions, the downsizer and the, and the co-contribution. The other one probably is the carry forward unused concessional contributions cap. Uh, yes. That's a really good one for some um, some people, potentially maybe um, they can actually contribute a bit more as a concessional contribution into their super. Uh, it really depends if they made, um, if they've reached that limit since yes. 2019 financial year. If we think about the concessional contribution and the limit was $25,000 per person, yeah, per annum, yeah. if they haven't really done the full $25,000, they might actually have this opportunity to still do it, um, bring up. the gap and catch up. That's right. So we've got five years to do it and it's it's all about understanding, looking at your transaction statement 
yeah. um, since 2019 financial year and having a look how much you've contributed, um, whether that's employer contributions, personal, concessional or salary sacrifice and adding all that up. And um, yeah, so you're able to actually um, make an extra. So again, there are some that's calculators. I'll give, you, <laughs> I'll give you an example on that because um, so what Natalia is saying there is when you we used to have the contribution cap, used to be 25000 and it's now gone up to 27500 If you didn't use that, you just lost it each year, didn't, didn't you? But that's now right. what the government is saying is going back three years and that's going to end up being five years, you can catch up anything that you haven't contributed. Now, we've had a couple of, this, um, of instances this year where someone, a, a, a client has sold an investment property They've got a big capital gain in there, which that capital gain goes on to their income for the year. But when we worked out they hadn't um, done all the contributions, they were able to tap into and do a whole lot of contributions and use some of that money to do that, which lowered their taxable income for the year, which lowers the tax they're paying. So it was great for the capital gains tax saving there. Absolutely. It's a great example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, another good one. Yeah, and I think these last few years the government has actually um, had some great rules that have been really friendly for people, I, I believe. Absolutely. So it's good news. And again, it's just because we all need to ensure that, particularly because I do work with a lot of women, and when they retire, they might not have enough money in their superannuation funds. So how yeah. do we actually build it up? Um, and for various reasons, sometimes they work part-time all their life or they've got kids that take time off. So that kind of, you know, ability for us to now actually top it up, um, it, that will really help to to provide an extra income later in life. And we live longer. Yeah. We, yeah, we need, exactly. we need money so. to last us longer. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, let's talk about a little bit about that planning element. So uh, we're at the 1st of July and we've we've got these 12 months to think about um, if I, if we we're going to go and do a salary sacrifice with our employer and say we're going to sacrifice a little bit more money into our um, super each month or each fortnight um, how would you sort of suggest people approach that one of the benefits is to set up a regular investment plan so it is asking your employer could I please salary sacrifice every month? into my super fund, for example. So they set it up at their end and it's just easy. You don't need to worry about it. You don't miss a payment. It goes every month. And so it's sort of like, you know, you've reduced that friction. Uh, but at the same time, the benefit of actually doing it monthly is that you yeah. you invest, you buy units in your super fund at a different cost. So you actually dollar cost average. So you smooth out the returns and the cost base of your investment. Yeah. It's, it's a great strategy and you're right, you can always adjust it uh, and at the end And of I think the year, it's good for people to get used to, isn't it? Like just that monthly amount going in. Absolutely. Um, they start getting used to not having that, those funds. They're just building for their future. Uh, and it works people, nicely. They might not even feel that extra, you know, yeah. $100 not, not getting paid into their um, bank account. It's probably not, it doesn't seem as much. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're saving on tax. 
um, because it gets deducted from before your tax salary. Yeah. So it goes into super, it builds up your superannuation nest egg, and it's just a great way to actually build wealth. I even say that to people with the government co-contributions where people under 40000 can put $1,000 into their own money and get the 500 from the government. If you put in $80 a month and you just have that as a, as a debit going in, um, you probably don't miss that money. And by the end of the year, 1000 has gone in and you don't really have to do anything. 500 is going to turn up from the government. So again, it's it's just thinking about, well, how could I break this into 12 chunks or 26 chunks um, so I don't feel the pain so much. Absolutely. And particularly for those that um, that really need to look after their cash flow and make sure that we, we don't overspend. So I think it's a really good strategy. And I, I do think, though, with some of those bigger strategies we talked about with the bigger amounts, particularly the downsizer and particularly the bring forward rule, when you've got 110,000 or 330,000 going in, you know, you really got to do your homework, I think, or get advice, don't you? Absolutely, because the cost of getting it wrong is actually quite high. There could be yeah. extra tax penalties, there could be um, all sorts of things. So it's really, it's really important to seek professional advice and um, do your numbers, really do your research. Awesome. Um, that's been great, Natalia. Thanks for um, talking us through those, um, all those contributions. I think they're the main ones that most people w would want to know about and engage with. Um, anything else you'd sort of like to add about the whole super system or, or even financial planning in general? Yeah, so I think I do get that question. I don't know if you do, Tim, but a lot of people ask me, how much do I need to have in my super fund? And it's interesting because I think a lot of people, they do the bare minimum and they obviously just think of, oh, no, superannuation is just something for my future. Yeah. Um, but at some point they realise that, you know, oh, maybe I need to actually start thinking about building up that super fund because it is for yeah. my retirement. And that's when they question about how much do I need to have in my super fund? So I, it just kind of like, yeah, so that's probably the most common one I get. What, yes. I don't know, what do, you, what do you usually say? Uh, well, again, I, I always say how much do you want to spend? Yes. <laughs> because we, as we know, uh, the answers can be totally different because you've got some people that um, say, oh, about 50000 a year or something like that, and other people say a lot more. So um, it really does depend on that. But I think the thing we'd all agree with is those small actions can really pay off later on. I, I would not discount any action for being too small. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it just it's it's sometimes it's even discipline of actually doing it on a regular basis. It teaches us to actually yeah. something like that. It could be as simple as just um having a regular investment plan set up. Um, yeah, that's right. Direct debit. Yeah. Yeah. Um we will put all your details on the show notes, but I'd love for people that don't go on those show notes, I'd love you just to uh, give your business a bit of a plug um and your website. Great. Thanks, Tim. Yes, it's True Wealth Advice and True Without the E, so it's T-R-U. And yeah, we work with women um, that just need an extra, I guess, confidence. Um, they would love to to hear how they can improve their financial situation, what could be done better, and just understanding yeah. where they're at financially. Because sometimes, you know, for a lot of us, money is a dirty word, and unfortunately, we just 
put, put it behind us and we don't really do yeah. it on the regular basis. So it's all about understanding what we can do um, in our situation because we're all different. Everyone has a very different financial situation and different co complexities, but we help pe people understand, okay, what can I actually do in my personal situation to achieve my goals, what I want to have yeah, in my awesome. life. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot for coming on. Wonderful. Thank you, Tim. See you later. Bye. The information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives, circumstances and needs. You should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision. If you have any concerns or questions, please contact me. I really hope you enjoyed that chat with Natalia. I know I did. We really tried also not for it to get too technical, so hopefully we achieved that for you. We've got some links in the show notes to Natalia's business, True Wealth Advice, and we've also got a link specifically to the Money Smart website. That is the government website. If you want to do a little bit of reading about those contributions, we've got a link specifically into that section of their website. Stay tuned next week because we're going to be chatting all about how to find a financial advisor that suits your needs. And again, all part of our start of financial year planning. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.